Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. I've been hearing wonderful stories about our 21 Days of Hope. Uh, for those of you that are participating, I, I want to encourage you today to keep going. And if you haven't joined in, you're welcome to start. Uh, I've been hearing stories of people rejuvenated in their faith and people telling me that God has reminded them of their why, why they do what they do, why they're alive. People that are refilled with passion to reclaim what the enemy has stolen from their life. I heard someone that told me their life has been transformed and they have a new hope for the future uh, that they've never felt before. And lots of stories about peace. We're reading this book, uh, Fresh Faith by Jim Simula. We're praying and fasting in all kinds of different ways. Some people are fasting one meal a day. Some people are doing a Daniel fast. Some people are fasting different things like social media. And then we're going to end with a big prayer and worship night uh, on January 29th at 5 p.m. There's a QR code on the back of this welcome card. That, to- uh, that second one there takes you to the website where all of the resources are for the book and some details about fasting. You can jump in anytime. I also am excited to announce that we're doing our first ever Graceland Church missions trip. We're going to the Mayan Yucatan on June 5 through 10. We have these out in the foyer. Am I right, Brad? We have more of these available. You can grab these. and has all the information about the trip. It tells you where we're going. It tells you some of the things that we're going to do. We're going to serve the people there. We're going to feed hungry. We're going to provide meaningful things to those that are underserved. We're going to care for orphans. We're going to get to build an actual church facility in a place on the coast there that's never had a church. And so we're really going to come in and get to bless them. And you guys know how this goes. We get transformed and blessed uh, you know, reciprocally, you know, sometimes more than anyone else does. And I'm so excited. I'm going to get to bring my oldest daughter, who's 13, on this trip with me. And uh, my 10-year-old and my other kids are now so excited to want to go on trips themselves. It's a really affordable trip. All the housing and food and flight and paying for the work we're going to do there is going to be 1150 per person. If you're interested, we'll help you raise the money. We'll coach you on it. We'd love for you to prayerfully consider the trip. We've got to lock it in in the next five weeks or so that we get the rates and we start preparing as a team. I'd love for some of you parents out there with teenage or youth age kids to bring one of your kids and come hang with us. Everyone's welcome. Talk to Brad. Can you wave at us again, Brad, in the foyer right after this service? You can get information from him, get one of these documents from him, and you can sign up for more. It's not a commitment just to talk to him. You can just find out what you need to know and, uh, and then go from there. You can always get out if you want to. Um, also, I'm happy to report last Sunday, we finished our Christmas offering, and I figured we were done at $57,000, and we were celebrating that, so thankful. Uh, but then last Sunday, we had another additional over $30,000. So our total is $90,140. Isn't that amazing? We're thanking God. We're thanking God for that. I thank you guys that gave sacrificially to that. We had really high participation. And we have now completely already paid off now the debt on this building and the immediate land right around it done. That was the first priority of the offering. 
We also have an amazing jump on the ministries that this offering is also funding. So our Benevolence Fund, which is how we provide groceries, gas, and counseling for people for the whole next year that are in need. Our Recovery Fund, which you heard from Stephen Houle earlier, who did announcements, who is one of our recovery ministers. And we see lots of people go from addiction to freedom in Christ, all kinds of hurts and habits and hangups to freedom in Christ. And it helps fund that ministry and our expansion fund as we're prayerfully seeking the Lord about how to best expand here and uh, See how God wants us to use all this property and all of these assets for his kingdom and his glory. So you'll get more details on that in the coming months. The reason I'm so passionate about an offering like this and really anything that we get to do as a church family together, it's because it allows us to help people. It's just that simple. One of the things I'm always praying is that every penny that comes through this church would go towards genuinely helping people. And I'm passionate about that because I have been helped by the church so many times times. Sometimes it's as simple as a kind greeting that gives hope. Sometimes it's been as simple as someone I can pour my heart out to when I desperately need encouragement. Sometimes it's been someone to confront me with truth when I'm in error. Sometimes it's provision for a financial need that myself and my family have had. And I am so thankful for the countless times that I've been helped by the body of Christ. Is anybody here with me? It's absolutely incredible. It is the hands and feet of Jesus. And one of the most profound things we can do in life is ask for help. And one of the most profound prayers we can pray is just one word to the Lord, help. And I want to ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of you could use a little help in life right now? Do you at times feel overwhelmed, perhaps discouraged? Have you ever said to yourself, I wish someone would just come alongside me and help me out with all these questions, all of these challenges, all of these things that I feel incapable of. If you feel like that, you're in good company because that's gonna be true of every person in the room. And today we're gonna talk about the answer to that prayer. I believe you're here for a reason and that God wants to continue to transform and renew you and how you live and how you make decisions and how you deal with problems. We're studying the Holy Spirit in this series that we're calling Life in the Spirit. And I hope today will be a profound encouragement and perhaps very informational about who the Holy Spirit is. And I just wanna start with this foundational truth from scripture, number one in your notes. There is one God made up of three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We call this the Trinity. And I want you to reflect with me on a few verses that are going to be on screen just to help us understand a little bit more about the Trinity. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's God the Son, and the love of God, that's God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Matthew 28, in the great commission that Jesus gave us, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then just as the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, Scripture also refers to him as the Spirit of Christ, and it reflects the unity of the Trinity. Look at Galatians 4, 6. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. And then Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. And this is all to just help us understand going forward this truth. Number two, 
The Holy Spirit is fully and completely almighty God. We're not talking about kind of a side force that God kind of uses. We're talking about God himself. God the Father is God. God the Son, Jesus, is God. And God the Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit has been at work since the beginning of time. Listen to this quote from this theologian that I like named Chizubam Idahosa. She says this, the Holy Spirit's work has been evident since the beginning of time. He was involved in creation. He spoke through the Old Testament prophets. He was intimately involved in the life of Jesus Christ from his incarnation, baptism, and ministry to his very resurrection from the dead. The Holy Spirit inspired the written word of God. After Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to make a permanent home in our hearts. The Spirit now dwells in the church, referring to the body of believers, not church buildings, and in individual Christians. So today we're going to do the really important work of looking at who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives. Next week, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and how to be filled with the Spirit. But today, we're going to focus in on John 14 and something that Jesus said to his disciples just a few days before his crucifixion. So things are increasing in intensity. The disciples are starting to get worried because Jesus is saying things like, I got to go away. And he's trying to comfort them in the midst of this very challenging conversation. And they don't know this, but he's just a few days away from being crucified. Here's what he said in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And then later in verse 25, he says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And he talks more about this, referring to the Holy Spirit as the advocate. And the Greek word translated as advocate here is parakletos. Look on screen. Here's the definition. It's someone called to one's aid, an advocate, an intercessor, a consoler, a comforter, a helper, a counselor. It goes on to define parakletos, a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because close enough to the situation. So the Holy Spirit and his work is all-encompassing. And I want to start with number three, which is also the title of this message. The Holy Spirit is your helper. That's the fill-in. I want you to think for just a few moments of someone in your life that's been extraordinarily helpful to you. Someone that perhaps is responsible for where you are now. The love they showed you, the opportunity they gave you. For some, it's family, friends, teachers, pastors, co-workers. And I just want to remind us that is what God is like. He is our helper. I'm thankful that I've had parents who've been tremendously helpful to me. Not everyone has had very helpful parents. My parents provided for me, guided me, rebuked me, encouraged me, and they were just a reflection of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life as my helper. A mentor of mine that I reference often named Gary Spell the reason he's in my life so profoundly is because when I was in my young 20s, he just reached out to me once and he said, come spend some time and I would like to pour into your life. And so I did it, spent a week with him. He, he opened up my mind about practical things like piano and music. And he taught me all kinds of stuff about pastoring and being a man of God. And to this day, 
He's a mentor. He comes and speaks here. I'm hoping he's going to be here in a few weeks. I go and speak and minister at his church. He helped me so profoundly, but that's just a reflection of the Holy Spirit to me as helper. And, and, and look at me really carefully for a second, because sometimes we think that God, the Holy Spirit, is more just like looking for gotcha moments. Like he just wants to catch you when you make a mistake. Because after all, he sees everything. He's the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere at once. But I want to rewire how we think about God, the Holy Spirit, as our helper. He's here to help you. And to illustrate this, I learned this from a friend of mine recently, and it was just so good, I want to do it myself. Oscar, can you come up to the front with me real quick? Let's give Oscar a hand for just being awesome. Come stand right here on this side of the stage. We're going to play this game that every single one of us has played. Go right over there, and we're going to we're going to hit this back and forth and see how high of a number we can get to. We do games like this all the time in life. Be careful. Don't step backwards, Oscar. This, is, this takes a lot of skill to be here on stage close to the edge. So we, we do like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You can clap. Ten, eleven, twelve. And then, oh, no. I drop it at 12. And then what do we do? We pick it back up. And we're like, oh, man, we only made it to 12. One, two, and we see if we can get to 100. And, and sometimes that is the way that we think about our life with God. We think that when we drop the ball, you know, when we make a mistake, it's just over and we go back to square one. Sometimes we get so discouraged when we drop the ball that we don't even want to play the game anymore. You know what I'm talking about? But when we start to learn to walk with our helper and what he does in our life, he has a whole different kind of of game when it talks to, when we talk about the beach ball game and it goes a little bit more like this. 1 2 3 4 7 8 9 10 54 55 56 57 58 73 75 and then oh I drop it. Oh no. It's over. But hold on. 76 77 78 you pick back up right where you left off and he does multiplying work in us because God is our helper. Not trying to Yell at us when we drop the ball. Everyone give Oscar a hand. Thank you, Oscar. And let's just hear. Let's just see what happens for a minute. Okay. He just ended that real quick. I thought it was going to go back and we were going to play the beach ball game. I want you, when you pray and when you spend time with the Spirit of God, you could start by even saying, thank you for being my helper today. And it will rewire even how you think about God, what you expect from that relationship. And then number four, the Holy Spirit is your advocate, your advocate. Look again at the definition of parakletos, a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because close enough to the situation. He's not just your helper and for you, but he is fighting for you. He is working for you at a higher level than you can even function in. He has a higher authority than you. Can anybody say amen to that? He is on a different plane, and he is fighting for you. Jesus is also doing this. Romans 8.33 says that Christ, who died, more than that who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and interceding for us. So the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Jesus is our intercessor. You know, I remember when I was in my, my mid to late 20s, I was going for my ordination as a pastor with these summaries of God. That's where I hold my ordination to this day, and I'm really thankful for that accountability. And they have three different levels of what they call credentialing. They have 
certified, licensed, and ordained. And I had gone through all of the others. It's coursework, it's interviews. And I had been licensed as a pastor at that point for years. And we had planted a church in Los Angeles. And I was getting to know the people there in the Southern California district of the Assemblies of God. And I I was going for my ordination. And for whatever reason, there was a man on my interview committee made up of three older ministers that just had it out for me. And he opened up my ordination interview with my wife sitting there next to me, my wife in her young 20s, me in my late 20s. And he said, Nathan, I've got all your references here, and I don't see any adequate evidence that you're called to the ministry. And I was like, what? I mean, that's not what you expect going into an ordination interview when you've already been a pastor for seven, eight, nine years and serving and, 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 and walking with the Lord and, and seeing him move through your life. And he, he spent the next two hours really what I believe was abusing me and, and coming against me in every single way. And I was shocked. I could not believe it. I had never experienced anything like that. The other two guys in the interview let him do it. They didn't come to my aid or my wife's aid at all. By the end of the two hours, I thought I had won him over. Um, I just kept on trying to just humbly answer the questions and talk through everything. And the interview ended. And to show you how, how rough it was, my wife is really a tough woman. And the moment we walked out of that room, she burst into tears. Like it was really rough. And I got a call later that day from what we call the superintendent of that district. So this is the guy who oversees the, those entire like 450 churches in Southern California. His name is Rich Guerra. He's one of our overseers now, and he's a, another friend and mentor of mine. Um, you see, the guy who was, was kind of like abusing me in my interview did not know that I was already in relationship with the guy who oversaw the entire network, his boss. He did not know that the kids of the superintendent and the assistant superintendent who are around my age were both in the church that I was pastoring in Los Angeles. And it put me in an accelerated relationship with these leaders. The guy who, who abused me in this interview did not know that I had an advocate that was a higher authority. And this advocate called me, Rich Guerra, And he is just exploring. He said, what in the world did you say in your interview? That's how he started it. And I was trying to be honest. I was like, I don't know. I didn't say anything. This dude just beat me up for two hours. I have no idea why. I don't know what happened. I did my best to get around it. If I wouldn't have had the advocate, I found out later, it would have been over. That committee recommended I not get ordained. I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely shocked. I don't know what that would have meant for me in my future. But because I had the advocate, they called a special like tribunal with like 20 people at the district office with all the main leaders, with the three guys that did the interview with my wife again. And I got to spend another two hours with them talking through everything. I got ordained. I ended up on the board of the network. I ended up doing the interviews for other pastors to get credentialed. I I now do that here in the South Nashville section of the Assemblies of God. And I ended up sitting right next to the guy who, who beat me up in my interview on the board. Why? because I had an advocate, right? The Holy Spirit is a better advocate than that. The Holy Spirit knows far beyond what you know about every situation you're in. And when we deal with things that feel like injustices, when we deal with things that feel like we are wronged, we don't need to take vengeance into our hands. We have an advocate. We have someone who goes before us, and it doesn't mean everything works out right away and perfectly, but I just want to remind you that you have a helper and you have an advocate who is in charge of the whole company. This is all his, creator God. Isn't that good news? Number five, the Holy Spirit is your guide. 
And by the way, let me mention, I realized I didn't say one last thing about that story. I don't want to leave it hanging. Him and I ended up in perfectly fine relationship together because I forgave him. It was as simple as that. I really still to this day feel like he wronged me. I would say that if he was sitting next to me right now. But we ended up on this board together, and he came up to me on my ordination night. So now the thing that he tried to stop me from getting, he came up to me and like grabbed my suit and like fixed my tie and said, I know it was a hard road getting here. Good job. And I wanted to say, no thanks to you, buddy, and walk away. But I just said, thank you, and got more ordination. And I ended up serving uh, right alongside him for five years there uh, on that board. And we are in charge of keeping our hearts clean and pure before the Lord. He is in charge of doors he opens and closes in our life, period, right? Because we have an advocate. So the Holy Spirit is your guide. That's number five. The Holy Spirit knows what you don't know, and therefore it makes logical sense to listen to him. Do you agree? If he knows 18 chess moves ahead, I think I'm going to listen to him about my next move. And we see all through the book of Acts, the actual leading of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 20, 22. He says, now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. And there's a lot of people that live right in this area, like the, the greater Nashville area, that have a story where they, they kind of say, I feel compelled by the Spirit to come to this area for some reason, though I do not know why I'm here. Have you guys noticed that? There's a lot of people in this area that have that story. I don't know why, but obviously God is doing something, right? So we want to pay attention to his leading. In Acts 8, 29, it says, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then that led to an incredible conversion that led to the transformation of an entire city, if you read the book of Acts. I always think of the guidance of the Spirit like a GPS system. Although the Holy Spirit is a person, uh, not a, 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 a unit of technology like a GPS, there's one quality of a GPS that I think really helps us, and it's similar to that beach ball illustration. When you're en route to a destination following your phone GPS or Waze or whatever it is, if you veer off the path, what does it immediately start doing? Reroute, recalculating. And it just keeps saying that until you get back to the path. You know what I'm talking about? It figures out now how to get to the destination now that you made a wrong turn. And you can ignore it again. If you keep ignoring it, what will it keep doing? Rerouting. Until eventually you wise up. And you're like, I might want to pay attention to the thing that knows how to get me where I need to go. And as soon as you choose to pay attention to it, the Holy Spirit functions just like a GPS functions and is right there, ready to guide you back to your destination. That's the grace of God. That's the fact that we do not have a gotcha God. He will teach us and we will be convicted of our sin, but it is for our benefit. He wants to guide us to our destination. Number six, the Holy Spirit is your comforter. Remember what's actually happening in this story. The disciples are scared, anxious, and mourning because the one that they gave up their entire life for is saying he's leaving. They left everything to follow Jesus. They left their jobs. They left their families. They, were, they, they came under attack from people. People didn't understand what they were doing. And now Jesus is like, I'm out. And Jesus encourages them by saying, it is for your good that I'm going away. Acts 16. Sorry, that's, that's the wrong reference. It should be John it is for your good that I am going away. He says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's how valuable the work of the Holy Spirit is in our life. When was the last time you just sat in the arms of your comforter? 
you may need to do that today. Number seven, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. Look at what Jesus said in John 14, 26. He, the Spirit, the advocate, will remind you of everything I have said to you. The longer I walk with the Lord, the more I feel like it's just about remembering. Sometimes I wake up and I don't remember the truth. I don't just naturally wake up into the full truth. Anybody with me? That's why I love that people like Megan are writing songs like that one we just heard because it gets melody in our thoughts that helps remind us of the truth. And sometimes things happen in life that cause you to forget the truth. Anybody? Yeah? Can we be honest here? That Judy read the scripture earlier, finally, brothers, whatever is true, and eventually says, think about those things. I always feel like just that line, just that one verse from scripture is enough to transform my life for the rest of my life. Whatever is true, think about that. That changes everything. And it will keep changing everything every day of your life. And it's something you will never get perfect, but are always called back to like this faithful GPS system. The Holy Spirit will remind us of everything we need. Everything that God has ever spoken to you, everything he wants you to know comes through God, the Holy Spirit. When we feel like God is speaking to us, it's God, the Holy Spirit. When the Lord is enthroned in our praises as a people here, it's God, the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean we, we can't sing to Jesus, we're singing to Jesus, but actually theologically, we are the body of Christ, filled with the Spirit. That's what's happening theologically, just like when Jesus walked the earth physically. It says he was fully God and also fully man, and that Jesus had to walk with the Spirit. That's when he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. He heard the voice of his father, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, God the Father. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, God the Holy Spirit, all partnering with God the Son. And now the same thing is happening, except we are his body. This building is not his body. We are his body. We are a part of it. We are the church, and we walk with empowered by the Spirit, our counselor, the Spirit, the one who guides us into all truth. He will remind you to think about the truth. He will convict you of sin. And don't get this twisted. Conviction of sin is a gift. It's different than condemnation. Where's that beach ball? Can you throw that to me? It's different than condemnation. It's different than condemnation. Dude, your arms are too strong. Um, Condemnation is when you drop the ball and you're like, man, I'm a loser. Man, I might as well not even try anymore. Man, this is just over. Conviction of sin is when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals to you things that need to change. Thank you for those amens, by the way, from the little one. I welcome the baby cries. That just means like literally in the spiritual realm, I'm like, amen, amen. Nathan, preach it. Thank you, baby. (laughs) Conviction of sin is a gift. And the reason it's a gift is because sin will kill you. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal sin to us because we have blind spots. We make mistakes and we are professionals at justifying our sin. But rather than that, we should say, Holy Spirit, wherever you wanna lead me into all truth and convict me of sin, I welcome it because I want to have life to the fullest. I want to make it. I don't wanna crash and burn. That's conviction. So conviction is a gift. Get rid of condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ. Welcome the conviction of the Spirit. Cling to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide you into truth about your decisions. You don't always know the right choice to make, but you can trust the one who goes before you. He will do miracles in your heart, miracles in your mind. You know, I, I have had seasons 
with human counselors most of my adult life. Um, it took till I got married and had my first kid and was in Los Angeles that I again remembered, man, I got so many problems. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I thought I had so many things beat until I got married. I was like, nope, still in there. And, and, then, and then kids, and then you keep adding more kids. If you want to just get sanctified, keep having children, man. Just, it's all going to come out. Um, and then becoming a church planter, and we moved to Los Angeles, and I was falling apart a lot, in a lot of ways that first year. And thankfully, by God's grace, still remaining in the assignment, but sometimes falling apart internally. And so I went and saw a counselor. I talked to mentors. I, I believe in that. I I've gone through a season with a counselor here, my, my, my second year here, right after our merger here at Graceland Church. I talk to mentors all the time. I could show you on my calendar right now specific chunks of time where I'm going to see all the various mentors in my life that I trust their authority and I listen to them. So I value all of that. But I got to tell you, God has just been reminding me, perhaps because I've been studying it for the Life in the Spirit series, and I'm so thankful for this reminder, but I just feel like God is reminding me, and I feel like it's for you today too. We have the counselor that we can talk to everything about. So go see the human counselors. That's beautiful. Go see the human mentors and counselors. Uh, That is a wonderful thing. But let's not neglect talking to God, the Holy Spirit, our counselor, who is promised to be our advocate, our guide. And the way I've been asking myself is, man, what do I need to talk to my counselor about? It goes back to that question I opened with. What areas of life do you just wish you had some help? There's a lot of them, I guarantee it. Think about it for a little while. And so I wanna ask you this question. What do you need to talk with your counselor about? He wants to speak with you. He wants to hear about it. And much like the GPS, it's like choosing to pay attention to the reroute. Once you choose to be, like, like saying, Holy Spirit, you can talk to the Holy Spirit just like you can talk to Jesus and God the Father. We're just talking to God. Three persons in one. You can, you can talk to him and say, I need, I need wisdom about this. And I've just been convicted this month. There are at least a handful of things that I had been neglecting really talking to him about. I've already sought counsel about it. I've already maybe even came to my conclusion. And I just felt convicted. I haven't really spent time with the Lord about that. And it's been such a gift to just bring every little thing to my heavenly counselor. What a gift, right? You can do that. You can pay attention to the GPS. And that last blank, counselor might not be the word that resonates with you the most today. It could be comforter. You might be really mourning. It could be guide. You may be just wondering about direction. It could just be helper, which I feel like kind of encompasses it all. Whatever that word is, whatever facet of God the Holy Spirit you need to talk to, I want you to do it right now. As you close your eyes, the worship team is gonna come. And I'm just gonna ask you again, have you sat in the arms of your comforter recently? Have you trusted the voice of your advocate and guide? What do you need help with right now in your life? Have you called on the one who can help you more than any other? I left some room at the bottom of your welcome card. As we respond together, you might even have some things come that you want to write on there or write on your phone so you don't forget, man, I want to process this with the Lord. I want to be filled afresh with the Spirit, and I want to walk with Him. Next week, we're going to look at the empowerment of the Spirit, the the baptism of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, 
I can't wait. But today, let's just take another five minutes. We've got time, guys. Don't even worry about the clock. Forget about people around you. The Spirit of God is here. God loves you. God sees you. God is not out to get you. God is your helper. And I just want to encourage you to talk with him right now. Receive from him right now as we quite literally just make room. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the peace and the joy that we find only in your presence. And I pray your blessing on every person today, Lord, that they will be drawn into life in the Spirit more than ever before in their life. Literally. Actually more than ever. As they pay attention to you, Lord. As they welcome you. As they call on your name, God. We commit ourselves, we commit our church family to you. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray this benediction. Quick reminder, grab one of these on your way out about the trip. Talk to Brad. I can't wait to see what God does in our worship and prayer meeting because we're just going to do this for like an hour and a half together. We're just going to pray. We're going to spend time in his presence. You'll have to take a break from the football games and then go back to the football games. I just realized it was the the, the conference championship Sunday. So, you know, we, we scheduled this months ago. So you can take a break, like an hour and a half break from this game, then come back and catch the rest of the next game. And I'm just going to say your team will probably do better if you come pray. <laughs> the Titans are out of it anyway, so who cares? Um, I can't wait, though, to see what God does. And I have a sense we're going to be doing more worship and prayer nights throughout the year just to do what we're singing about here, make room. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you all very much. Have a great afternoon.